This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online, and I'm also not a mechanic. <laughs> um, uh, Amy and I, uh, my wife Amy and I, and Hayden by proxy, I guess, uh, we have two vehicles, uh, two modes of conveyance. Uh, we have a 2014 Kia Soul. That's kind of fun that uh, two atheists, well, three atheists, if we include our son, uh, own a car that's called a Soul. <laughs> and it's S-U-L, uh, S-O-U-L, <laughs> and not S-O-L-E. Uh, you know, so, anyway. And then we have a 97 Plymouth Grand Voyager. Uh, the Plymouth Grand Voyager is a van. It's a minivan, I guess. It's from the days of the soccer moms. And uh, we got it uh, for free from uh, Amy's dad. When Amy's mother died, uh, almost five years ago, uh, her, her dad didn't have any need for the van because she was the one that drove him around for everything. And so um, when she was gone, he, he, he wasn't driving. He, had to, he didn't drive for years because just, you know, physical issues and such. But... Um, so he had this van going, just sitting there, not doing anything, so he gave it to Amy. And uh, for a little while there, uh, that was our primary vehicle. Uh, we had a uh, Volkswagen Jetta. Uh, that was our only vehicle, I should say. We had a Volkswagen Jetta that the transmission went out. <laughs> and uh, so we, for quite some time, we, we drove that van. And that, that's during the time period where... Um, we had put uh, Amy's dad into assisted living, and uh, we had to sell the house. Uh, and you know, Amy took trips up to Rush City, which is where her parents lived, and that's about uh, it's about an hour, not quite an hour, uh, north of the Twin Cities. If you drive uh, up, go up uh, I-35, you get to Rush City. It takes about a eh, not quite an hour. And so she'd be going up there and bringing stuff here and, and bring it, yeah. and, and uh, a couple of years ago when we decided it was time to get everything out of the storage unit, because that thing was just costing us money that we just did not need to be spending. So we used that van to move stuff around and all that. Well, uh, it came time to get an oil change for it, and I brought it to the uh, Carex, which is just just about three blocks or so from where we live. So what I did was Monday morning, I, I, I 
drove the van to work as I normally do, which is I work just three miles away from where I live. And then uh, from there, I uh, went to work, was there for a little while, and then I took off from there to drop the van off at the car X. I told him, uh, well, I need an oil change. And oh, and by the way, can you guys just let me know what it would cost to get the the least expensive set of tires possible put on this vehicle. I said it's got over 205,000 miles on it. Uh, it's over 20 years old, and I, I don't want to put a lot of money into it. So they said okay, and then so I uh, headed home to grab the car, drove back to the office. By the time I got to the office, they had called. Uh, I saw on the they didn't leave a message, but I saw that the, on the caller ID that that uh, that CarX had called. So I called them back, and the guy says, "Yeah, um, about that van, uh, we're not going to service it." And I said, "Oh, why not?" And they said, "Well, uh, it's too dangerous to drive. See, it's the policy of CarX and probably other gra uh, service garages around the world, or at least in America." To, that say um, if they deem the vehicle too dangerous to drive, they're not going to service it because then they open themselves up to liability and that kind of stuff. And uh, so uh, that's what they said. That's, he's the guy says, well, see the problem is that the strut, uh, the housing for the strut inside under the hood there, is rusted out like crazy all the way down. It's really bad. And uh, he says it's very dangerous. So I jump in the car, drive over to the car X, and uh, he shows me. And oh boy, <laughs> it was obvious. Now, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, you've seen the pictures. I posted it up on my Facebook page. Quite a few people were stunned by it. And believe me, so was I when I saw it, even though uh, I got to admit, uh, a couple years ago, a couple summers ago, or something like that, um, my younger brother, Steve, uh, came over to, well, I helped him install a new starter uh, on that van. And when we had the hood open, he noticed that, uh, I, I don't know the technical terms for what it is, but it's the part of the frame of the, of the vehicle that, uh, that, that connects to the strut, which connects down to the wheel and the axles and all that stuff. Um, it, and it, and it, it's like a housing it doesn't completely cover it, but it's it's you're supposed to, you're not supposed to see the coils on the on the strut, but you know it's so so when you know it's, so it's a kind of a cylinder that creates a little dome over the top, and my brother noticed that it was cracked and had some rust on it, and he says eh, you better keep an eye on that. That doesn't look so good. He says that could uh, that's, that's, that could break and uh, yeah I said oh okay sure <laughs> did I keep an eye on it um, not very close uh, and so when this mechanic showed me that it I, I you could see this is on the driver's side of the car you could see the coil in there about half of it has just broken away and was gone and on the other side. It had a big crack going around it, not all the way around it, but about not halfway around that cylinder, that housing, that whatever you call that framing frame part of the vehicle. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know the names of parts of cars, not most of them. Well, some parts, and, and that was cracked, and it cracked badly, uh, but it wasn't disintegrated like the other side. So the guy says to me, uh, "You could."
could keep putting oil in it. Uh, he didn't go so far as to say that I could, you know, change the oil myself or have my have my brother Steve come over and help me change the oil or I help him change the oil. Uh, but you know, we could, you could do that. He didn't suggest. He said you could put, you could keep putting oil in it, and you could drive it. But there was a look on his face when he was telling me that. That look on his face was saying, "I wouldn't do that." <laughs> and he said, "But if you hit a pothole, it you could hit it hard. Enough. It could break right through, and the front end of your vehicle could collapse, and you depend, you could lose control of the vehicle. And if you're going pretty fast." And even if you're not going pretty fast, it could still be very dangerous. So, well, uh, I'm going to take the word of a mechanic and 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 my own lion eyes and looking at that 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 rusted out part of the car van. And I said, okay. And I uh, set up an appointment to bring in the Kia the next day uh, to get the oil changed there and to have the brakes checked, checked, which the front brakes needed to replace the rotors and the pads and that cost a pretty penny but yeah, what are you gonna do uh, you don't mess with brakes and you shouldn't mess with parts that are rusting away on your vehicle anyway we drove I drove it back to the house just three blocks or so away and it's sitting out in the street right now which the thing has sat out in the elements since we've owned it and it sat out in the elements when my my in-laws owned it and I don't know for how many years they owned it and they bought it fairly cheap so we got a lot of use out of it and we didn't get killed. This isn't a, the first time I've driven a vehicle to a point where a mechanic has said, you know, uh, this is very dangerous. <laughs> Some years ago I had a, uh, God, I think it was a 1984 Plymouth Horizon. I'm not sure on the year. Neat little car. Just, I just, you know, just nice little tank. Just got it, got it, got around. And I, I liked the little car. It was, it was really neat. Uh, but it started to get... You know, you had to get in on the one, on the passenger side at some point, and it just it just started to get a little, a little beat up, and it also started to pull decidedly to the right. You know, it was uh, I think it was listening to all that talk radio I was listening to as I was driving it, and it was saying, hey, you know, these guys make some sense here, so it started pulling to the right. And in fact, when I would get to a stop at an intersection, and I'd stop, it. It felt like it, the vehicle wanted to turn right, not just move to the right, but turn, make a turn. And I went, this doesn't seem like this is a good thing. And I heard some grinding going on in there. I thought, well, I'll bring it to the mechanics. <laughs> there was a service garage. I was living at my parents' place at that time, and there was a service garage just a block and a half away from where they live. So I brought it there and uh, brought it in, and I was, uh, was uh, waiting in the waiting room area, uh, reading a magazine or something, and the mechanic came in. And anytime I tell somebody this part of the story, when I tell this story, they always chuckle because of what the mechanic says to me. Uh, he comes out and he says, he asks, uh, "Is uh, that your Plymouth Horizon uh, in there?" And I said, "Yep." And he says, "Come with me." <laughs> that always gets people to chuckle. And uh, I said, because, like, uh-oh, what did you do? So I go with him. He takes me out into the garage. The, the car's up on the hoist. We get under, and we're under the passenger side, uh, the front tire. And he points up, and he says, you see up there? You see that uh, there's, a, there's a bolt and a nut right there? You see it? And I said, yep. And he says, that is all that is holding this tire on. 
And he says, this is very dangerous. And you can't fix it. Because the reason we could see that bolt in the nut was because the frame and all that stuff, that uh, that the other stuff that would be holding the tire on, had rusted and cracked and broken apart. <laughs> and so you could see up through it. And he says, this is very dangerous. And it's not even, you can't fix it. It's not even worth trying. It's an old car and you don't even try. So living a block and a half and away, I just slowly carefully drove it home parked it out front looked in the phone book this was back in the days of the phone books and i uh found a salvage lot and i called them up and they said well you know we won't be able to give you anything for it but uh you know we'll tow it away for nothing you know so they came out signed over the title took it away and that's that's not exactly what we're going to do here there are places that you can that will that say that they'll give you money they'll give you cash they'll take the vehicle and they'll tow it away. So we're going to find one and, and do that. We could drive it to the, a place and maybe just get a couple hundred bucks if we can just drive it in. But uh, the thing is, uh, we've taken the insurance off of the vehicle because why waste money paying insurance for it? So we will not drive it because it won't have insurance. And we're not those kinds of people. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, we... I listen to several podcasts, and I think you know that. I think I've mentioned that in the past. Um, and uh, if you listen to podcasts, and you listen to the more popular ones that get uh, a, a, a sizable download numbers, um, you will. Uh, many of them will take ads. I mean, there's there's one podcast that I listen to that uh, that's run by George Robb, the Geologic Podcast, and he doesn't do ads. He doesn't take sponsors. Um, he'll ask people to buy stuff from uh, from his site, you know, buy albums. And he has a book that he put out some years ago. Uh, you can buy his book. And if you do that, you know, that helps money. And then I don't, he doesn't, he, I don't think he has a Patreon thing. I'm not sure if he's going to do that or not, but, but he doesn't have ads. But, the, but virtually all the other podcasts I listen to have ads. Uh, I, think, I think all the rest of them have ads. And over the years, there's if you've listened to podcasts, you know there's a, there's a there's a handful of uh, products and services that advertise on podcasts. Uh, it, when I first started listening, and I was listening to Adam Carolla podcast, and he was one of his first sponsors was Mangrate, which is this piece of cast iron grate that you put onto your grill so you can get that uh, steakhouse taste to your to your steaks and burgers and whatever you grill on your grill. Uh, and that was one of the first ones, stamps.com. And then the, and then all the mattress stuff started happening. There was the sleep number bed, and now there's, there's Casper and Lisa, and there's all these, all of those things. Well, as you know, I'm a skeptic. And occasionally, something will be advertised that, that raises my skeptical flag. And I think, huh, what's that? Uh, on the Corolla podcast, which I don't listen to anymore, even though I, I still like Corolla, and I, 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 I haven't listened to him in a long time, so I don't know if he's still doing the stuff that made me stop listening to him, but he probably is. And that was, you know, I, I got tired of listening to talk about, you know, his rich guy bullshit. You know, I, you know, it's just essentially suggesting that he's rich because he works hard. Well, yeah, well, you work hard in a field that you can get rich at if you can get an audience. 
You know, you, there, and you know there are plenty of guys that are just as funny as him, uh, men and women just as funny as 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 Corolla, but they're struggling to make it in the field of comedy. It's just for whatever reason they're not catching on. It, it it happens. So I mean, and I work hard. Don't tell me I don't work hard. I'm working three goddamn jobs. I work hard. You know, it's like I'm working constantly. It seems, and. It's just, you know, five days a week, five nights a week, and then on Saturdays I go in and work at a comic book store, which I kind of don't think of as work so much because I get to hang out with my friend Dave. But still, it's having to be somewhere. It's having to do work. And, it you know, and it's not that that's, you know, like I said, the comic book store is not, you know, it's just putting comic books in boxes and talking to Dave. That's, that's fun. But uh, anyway, I you know, so I got tired of this stuff. But, okay, so... A couple of some of these podcasts will have sponsors that seem kind of iffy. That's where the skepticism comes in. Uh, early on, there was uh, uh, on Corolla's podcast, he was advertising this work from home, work from home, which always sounds too good to be true. Boy, that sounds really easy. Make money in your spare time. You might be, you know, give up your job and work this and all this. Yeah, okay, all right. So you listen to it, and then I looked into this work from home. And I found out that was Herbalife, which is a multi-level marketing bullshit thing. Multi-level marketing companies, anybody that works for them, virtually everybody that works for a multi-level marketing company, virtually every one of them loses money or at the very least doesn't make any money. Uh, and, and the only ones that make money are the ones that got in there right away or, or the ones that started the company. They're the only ones that make money. You, you've got a better chance of making money by going out to Las Vegas and betting on one number or something like that, and, and you've got a better chance of hitting that than you do have making money at a multi-level marketing thing. So, okay, that's bullshit. Because uh, it did sound too good to be true as well. And then another thing, there was this other product, this other bullshit product called Lumosity. It's not a product. It was, well... I don't, yeah, it's kind of a product. It's a it's a game. It's a brain training game, and the ads would promise that it would make your brain sharper. You would you would have your memory would be better. Your mind would be quicker. You'd be you know you'd be better at mental tasks. You could concentrate better. You can do all this stuff better. Oh, it was a miracle. It was going to make you you know smarter and just a better human being. And the disappointing thing about Lumosity or the advertising using that as a sponsor was that one of the podcasts that had it as a sponsor was Penn's Sunday School, hosted by Penn Gillette, who is supposed to be a skeptic. And he would say, when he was doing his live reads for the, uh, for the uh, Lumosity thing, he'd say that Teller, his partner, swears by it. Well, I found out that neurologists have studied these things, these brain games things, and what they found is that you, you do, your brain does get better. It gets better at playing the game. That's what it does. It doesn't translate into making your memory sharper or clearer and making you think faster, better, or anything. No, it just makes you better at the game. It may make you better at games that are similar to it. That, have, that take the same kind of you know hand actions and eye coordination thing. You know, it's, it's, it's it might make you better at those, but. But that's it. It's you know. So I haven't heard Lumosity uh, advertised on podcasts for quite a while now because 
you know, it ran its course. People realized it was bullshit, and so it's probably going you know, to come back as a different name and you know, make slightly different claims. But it'll be pretty much the same stupid thing that that doesn't work. Uh, but you know what does work? <laughs> Me being able to take a break. <laughs> you are listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return after this break. He said, I'll love you till I die. She told him you'll forget in time. As the years went slowly by. She still preyed upon his mind. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z Talk Radio. Outbreaks of whooping cough, or pertussis, are happening across the United States. This serious respiratory disease can be deadly for babies. By getting the whooping cough vaccine, called Tdap, during the third trimester of each pregnancy, women can pass antibodies to their babies to help protect them until they're old enough to receive their own vaccine. Learn more at cdc.gov pertussis pregnant. That's pertussis, P-E-R-T-U-S-S-I-S. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. You're listening to Z Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Back to Dimland Radio here on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. So I'm talking about iffy products and services advertised on podcasts. So I just gave you a couple from a while back, and but they don't stop. You know, you continue to get uh, iffy products and services advertised on podcasts. For instance, I won't say which podcasts I'm hearing this one on. Uh, because I won't. <laughs> uh, I do like the podcast. It's one of the ones I've listened to uh, the longest. I've listened to it. It was one of the first podcasts I picked up listening to. And uh, yeah, so and I and I and uh, <clears throat> I'll give a little hint. I've been on it a couple of times as a guest co-host. Uh, I don't expect to be on there ever again. Not because I've done anything bad, but I think they found uh, almost found their permanent third host. You know, and so yeah, if that's the case, well then, yeah. Anyway, 
on this podcast, they had a new sponsor recently. And this sponsor is called, and I, I, I hesitated giving the name of the sponsor because I don't know—is that kind of a plug? Even though I'm, I'm talking it down, but maybe you know, so that you're aware that this is what I was talking of. It's called Care of, Care of. I think that's it, and it's vitamins. It's a, it's a monthly subscription vitamin service that is personally tailored to your exact needs. It's personally tailored to your exact needs. All right? Um, you know how they determine your exact needs? By you going online and taking a quick quiz. Actually, it's not a quiz. That's how it was called by the host of the show. Um, I'll be a little pedantic here and say, it's not a quiz, it's a survey. So you take this quick online survey, which uh, will ask you about your, your diet, about your health, your lifestyle choices. And in a few minutes, in just a few minutes, it's algorithms and whatever comes up with a uh, personalized vitamin pack just for you. Just a few minutes answering some questions online. Now, they've worked out how to do these things by, you know, by, by basing it on clinical research and traditional medicine. Traditional medicine. You know what that means? Uh, that means herbs and roots and stuff. You know, ancient Chinese medicine. Uh, you know, that stuff. That's what it means. It means it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, uh, it probably deals the, uh, with the natural medicine and all that kind of stuff, which is all bullshit. <laughs> it's not traditional medicine. It's not alternative medicine. If it works, it's medicine. That's all it is. And, uh, but the, it's had input from doctors and nutritionists. Now, if, as I understand it, anybody can call themselves a nutritionist. You don't really, there isn't really any stringent regulations of nutritionists. You can take courses or something online or something, you can, and learn stuff about nutrition. But to be uh, registered and licensed and, you know, and regulated, uh, properly, not through magic, uh, you, you would be a dietitian. I, I believe that's the dif the the difference between the two. So anybody can call themselves a nutritionist, but not not just anybody can call themselves a dietitian. So uh, the other thing is the doctors involved there. Well, naturopaths call themselves doctors. Chiropractors call themselves doctors. They're not medical doctors. They're not science-based medicine medical doctors. Okay, so I have my doubts. But the thing is, this is personalized to you. Do you know how, you know, let's say uh, I think that I might have a vitamin deficiency. Uh, do you know how I would determine that? You know what I would do? I would go to a doctor, an actual doctor, a science-based medicine doctor, and I would say, doctor, I think I have a vitamin deficiency. And the doctor, I would go and see a doctor 
and they would look at me. They would examine me. She would check me out and see if there's any physical signs. Do I have an appearance that might show symptoms of uh, lacking certain vitamins? She'd check my, you know, physically check me out to see if there's any signs, and she'd draw blood and do lab work and find out, oh, your blood is a little iron poor. So here's what I suggest. I think uh, you, you know you can. Uh, they might have something she can uh, that the doctor can prescribe, but chances are they'll say, well, you can get some over-the-counter iron tablets. I suggest uh, this. Um, uh, you know, like I don't know if they're milligrams or units or something, like a thousand units or two thousand milligrams or whatever. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how they measure things out. But suppose that, you know that's that's what the doctor might say to get. Uh, take that, and here's a list of foods you can add to your diet that will help you, you know, get some iron into your blood. And then I'll like to, I'd like to see you in two weeks or a month, and we'll check you again and see how you're doing. That's how you do it. You don't go online and fill out some survey, and then they send you a packet of vitamins, which I have a sneaking suspicion might be the same packet of vitamins they send to everybody. But maybe, just maybe they do. Well, okay, we'll give them smaller. This you don't need as much vitamin C, and you don't uh, as this guy here. Maybe they do it that way. But come on. The other, there's another one that I've heard. And this one, boy, I. <laughs> what they will come up with. They can't just say it's comfortable. They can't just say, you know, it's breathable and it's comfortable and it feels great against your skin and you know, it's just and it looks good and you'll feel good in it. It can't it's just say that. No, they got to come up with some bullshit, just a little extra, to get you to buy it. I'm talking about. I think it's called Lunya, L-U-N-Y-A, Restore Sleepwear, and this is on a podcast that I listen to currently. Uh, podcast that that's that's uh, its audience is largely women, although plenty of guys listen to it. I do, and it has an appeal to guys, but it it has a strong appeal to women, and um, uh, and it's a true crime podcast. You might be able to figure out which one it is, but I'm not going to say for sure. And uh, the uh, the hosts of the show will do live reads for this, and so uh, I wrote some of what they said on there about this particular. This sleepwear. They say, Restore takes the energy your body produces while you sleep. It absorbs it. It converts it to infrared energy that is recycled back into your skin and tissues. <laughs> do you smell that? What do you, do you smell that? that? Oh, yeah, that smells like bullshit. <laughs> it, it puts infrared energy back. How, 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 what? You know, I understand breathable fabric. feels light and soft against your skin and it's comfortable. It keeps you cool, keeps you warm. I understand that. But it, it puts energy back into your body? They, and they would say that it's, it's FDA regulated. This product, this, this sleepwear is FDA regulated. Well, here's the copy on the website. Meet Restore, an innovative collection of smart sleepwear that actually restores you while you sleep. Here's how it works. The Restore line features Lunia's soft and breathable uh, Pima. 
is it Pima? Cotton with uh, a Salante <laughs> minerals. And there's a registered trademark after Salante, so that's a, that's a name they came up with. This proprietary mineral mix is the real deal. It's regulated by the FDA and works to absorb and convert heat into infrared energy, which is then recycled back into your skin and tissues, helping to rebuild and recharge your body during sleep. This cell anti-powered fabrics also increase oxygen levels in the body, which absorb your uh, allows your cells to regenerate faster, allowing it to perfect, uh, oh, wait a making it the perfect follow-on for a tough workout. Well, that's weird sentence there but okay in other words the restore collection promotes a deeper more restful rem slumber so you wake up feeling noticeably more refreshed and energized uh, but uh, what wait a minute you didn't say anything about rem sleep until that moment right there this you don't say in other words you didn't even bring up the rem sleep in the, you're not in other words in it you're just telling us something different who wrote this copy and it's bullshit I mean, you feel refreshed and energized. Well, you slept, and if you sleep in comfortable clothes, so you're comfortable, so you wake up, you didn't have a rest, restless night's sleep because you weren't uncomfortable, so you will wake up maybe feeling refreshed. Of course, nobody wakes up feeling, ah, I feel great. No, people wake up like, God, I gotta get up. Oh, man. What time is it? Uh Okay, that's how people wake up. <laughs> Unless you got a leg cramp, then it's, I'm asleep, I'm awake. <laughs> if you get a leg cramp, that's how it is. It's completely awake. You get a leg cramp, that hurts so damn bad, you're, you're asleep, and then you're awake. There's no grogginess, there's no in-between, you are, boom, it's like that. So if the sleepwear gives you a cramp, well, then it wakes you up <laughs> completely. But you're certainly not refreshed, and you aren't energized. This is just gobbledygook bullshit, and the FDA regulated. The way I read that, and I could be wrong, it's the minerals that they put into it. That the minerals are regulated by the FDA, not this concoction, not these, not the sleepwear. And when you throw in the FDA, it's sort of a, you know, it's to give it the the stamp of approval sort of thing. You know, you got to watch the ads on TV. I don't hear it in the radio ads. They don't say it in the radio ads. They somehow that skips by. But in TV and in print ads, when there's something, or in online ads, when there's something too good to be true being advertised, you'll see like it's some some supplement you can take to to work out to boost your testosterone, so you're a strong strong man. That's also being advertised in podcasts. But uh, you'll see on the TV when it's in it or it's online, there'll be the FDA disclaimer. This product, these uh, these claims have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to... Uh, I've got it written down somewhere. Uh, here, let's start it again. Because <laughs> I have it right here on this piece of paper. Uh, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you see that come up there, that's the longhand form of bullshit. That's what it means. It's long ham, hand for bullshit. So take care when you listen to podcasts because the, the stuff that you're hearing on it is probably a bunch of nonsense. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of a bunch of nonsense, I think, and this might be in part due to the contrarian in me, 
But I think that uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, is now currently my favorite of all the Star Wars movies. I really do. I, you know, I, I'm gaining an even deeper appreciation for it. Now, maybe I'm a little more forgiving at movies than, than the next person, and certainly more so than the outraged, outraged fans, the, the Star Wars, the quote-unquote Star Wars quote, uh, fans, you know, the, 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 these hardcore, usually guys, that just, you just raped my childhood, you destroyed my childhood, get over yourselves. <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard some con, uh, concerns about them about the movies. I mean, the prequels were a mess. I mean, storytelling wise, it's it was they were confusing. They got it together better for the last part, uh, the Revenge of the Sith. They got it to be, together better, even even though it's so ludicrous that that final lightsaber dance. I mean, a duel between uh, Obi Wan and, and Anakin. Uh, on a pla- on a volcanic planet, an actively volcanic planet with lava all over the goddamn place, and they're having a s- sword dance in the middle of that with you know lava is like twelve hundred degrees Fahrenheit, and they're surrounded by the stuff they should be cooking. <laughs> they t- it's I mean if you put a turkey in an oven at three hundred and seventy five degrees, it will cook. Well, that's what these guys are in. They're in an oven. It's just an open air one. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, ugh, and don't give me this crap that they're so in the force kind of thing. Anyway, for whatever reason, I, I, you know, I was, I was curious about this, this, this over-the-top outrage about the Last Jedi, and I started looking. Uh, I looked for a video on YouTube with somebody saying, you know, it sucked or whatever. So I started watching it, and I went, oh god, I cannot. After, after not even a minute. I couldn't I couldn't handle it because it was just I don't know it, it didn't seem like it was logical in what they were setting up and talking about um, the, you know red letter media uh, there's a that's a video uh, YouTube thing and they take apart the prequels and they set it up nicely now it's a weird way they do it because they have a guy that's I guess a serial killer that or the character talking about the movies sort of a serial killer. And I'm sure they have videos about how terrible the Last Jedi was, but yeah, I don't care. <laughs> but it, and but I'm I'm sure if I watched them, I'm sure they would line it up pretty well. And I'd think, well, yeah, you got a point. I see your point, but yeah, I think you're wrong. There, I did find a video, uh, a YouTuber named uh, Major Lee, and he has a video that says, uh, "Oh, geez, I, I should have written down the name of it, but I'll link to it in the show notes at dimland.com. Go to the blogs." Uh, the blog page, the blog option, and you'll find the show notes, and it'll be linked in there. And it's just, uh, it says, uh, you know, the Last Jedi was awesome, and you're all insane. It's <laughs> something like that. This is titled, and it's a 48-minute long video. Could have trimmed out some of the fan reaction a little bit. Could have tightened that down a little bit because he re- he he responds to the fan reaction. But after, but for, for the first 20 minutes, he just kind of takes you through the film and he tells you why this film is so good why it is so deep in its meaning and what's going on in here and 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 he takes he, he takes you into it he he helped me get past a couple quibbles that i had uh you know why didn't the vice admiral tell poe dameron what the plan was well you know he he didn't put it in this term in these terms but 
it's not. It's like some captain going up to Eisenhower before D Day and and saying they want to know the entire plan. Why don't I demand the details? What's the plan? Eisenhower would say, "You go, you know, go away and wait for your orders." <laughs> you know, he wouldn't. I'm going to tell you as if he doesn't have to. You know, so that's essentially what he says. She, she doesn't have to, and this guy has, uh, you know, he's he's caused some problems. Uh, anyway, and then and then the Canto Bite scene—that's the uh, the the Monte Carlo planet with the gambling and all that. I I thought it felt tacked on, like to give Finn something to do because I thought he was kind of underused in the film. But now now when it, the, the way Major Lee explains it, I said, oh, "Wow, this is that is a lot deeper." That I did miss that. So he it's really good, and he even takes on opinion people like. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith who made Clerks. This guy's a filmmaker and he didn't get the end the 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 climactic battle between Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker. Minor my there's spoilers in here but I'm sorry. He didn't he and there and if you haven't seen it and you watch this majorly this all spoilers. So, you know. But uh what Kevin Smith wanted to do would have been stupid. And I mean, and 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 this YouTuber makes a good point of why it would be stupid. And he also takes on this this uh, fellow named uh, Ben Shapiro, who's a who's a uh, young conservative uh, pundit, who's on who's got some internet thing that he does, and he writes, and he's he's very serious. I mean, he's he's very serious. But I guess he's a Star Wars fan. He didn't care for uh, the Last Jedi, um, but you know, I, and and I mean, he is very serious. I I, I don't I. Don't think this Shapiro uh, is uh, has the greatest sense of humor. I'm I'm not sure he might, but he just puts on this persona when he's doing his thing that seems very serious. But I have well, I'm going to take a break now. When I come back, I'm going to point out something, a criticism of the Last Jedi, uh, and and compare it to, to the original trilogy. So uh, I'll be back after this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. 
You listen when your body says, I'm tired, or I'm hungry. What if your body said something else might be wrong? Gynecologic cancers, cervical, ovarian, and uterine cancers have symptoms, so pay attention. If your body says something may be wrong, please listen. Learn the symptoms. Get the inside knowledge about gynecologic cancers. A message from HHS and CDC's Inside Knowledge Campaign. ZTalk Radio is committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once, and you'll never turn your computer off again. ZTalk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Oh, I also liked Rose, and I got a deeper appreciation for her character and what she does in that Canto Bite sequence, what, she, what happens through her involvement in the film, and the way the Internet treated her. I mean, she dropped her Instagram account because the Internet trolls, these, these, these outraged... "Quote-unquote fans of Star Wars, you know, and 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 people would say it is bullying behavior, but but really these these people are the equivalent of that kid that you knew when you were young that was only brave when they were across the street from you, and then they'd mouth off when they were you know they were too far away from you to 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 get to them." Of course, those kids were dumb because they didn't realize that at some point I'm going to be closer to you, and I've got a memory. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's they have the safety of distance, so they act like shitheads. You know, they're not brave, but they are bullying, and it's just ugh, whatever. So <clears throat> uh, this is something that Major Lee, the YouTuber, that defends and says you guys are wrong about it being bad and it's really really a really good movie and why it's become my favorite of all the Star Wars films it used to be Empire Strikes Back Empire Strikes Back is still way up there you know second but last the last Jedi I'm telling you uh, and uh, you should remember that when the last when Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980 uh, it was met with mixed reviews mixed fan reaction. There were in fanzines, magazines, uh, 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 sci-fi magazines at the time. People were writing in saying, uh, having complaints about it. One letter that I found out about uh, had a had a uh, had a fan saying, "Why is Leia Leia going with with Han? She should go with Luke. Luke's the nice guy who came to her rescue. Han didn't even want to be bothered." 
<laughs> Didn't, I'm sure that letter writer was uh, a little bit surprised come the uh, revelation in uh, Return of the Jedi that uh, their brother and sister, <laughs> Luke and Leia. Anyway, <clears throat> I want you to... to uh, I'm going to talk about Snoke here. Snoke and the Emperor from the original trilogy. Uh, now, this is just going by what we see in the films. Nothing ancillary to the films, no Star Wars encyclopedia, no interviews with George Lucas or any of the other filmmakers, just what we know from the films. Okay? So, Snoke. What do we know? We know four basic things about him. There's more, but there's four basic things that we know about Snoke. One, he's the leader of the First Order. That's the bad, evil organization running the galaxy. Two, uh, he is super powerful with the dark side of the Force. Three, he's a very bad, very evil dude. And four, uh, Kylo Ren is subservient to him. The, 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 the next most powerful person in the dark side of the Force. Okay. What do we know about the Emperor? From the original trilogy, I'm talking A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. What do we know about the Emperor there? Oh, and by the way, the Snoke was in only two of the movies. At least it seems like he won't be in the next one. Uh, he was in two of the movies, and the Emperor only appears in two of the movies of the original trilogy. We see him, we hear about him in the first movie, in, in A New Hope, but we never, that's just we know that the Emperor has done something. That's all we know. But, you know, he's disbanded the uh, council or something. And so he's only in, effectively, in two of the movies there. What do we know about the Emperor? We know he is the leader of the Empire, which is the evil organization that's controlling the, uh, the galaxy. He's super, number two, he's super powerful with the dark side of the Force. Number three, he's uh, a very bad, evil dude. And number four, Darth Vader, the second most powerful in the uh, dark side of the Force, is subservient to him. Those, you know, so, okay, that's what we know about the two of them. What's been the complaint about Snoke by the fans after Last Jedi? We didn't get a backstory. We don't know about it. We don't get a backstory. Where's the backstory? We didn't get a backstory. Where was the backstory in the original tri trilogy about the Emperor? Where was the backstory? There was no backstory. We did learn more about him when the prequels came out. And if these guys were consistent in their complaining, they should say, "Well, you know, yeah, we got we got uh, you know the Palpatine and and you know him turning into Darth Sidious, and that we learned about him being a senator. But what was he before that? <laughs> you know, what was he like as a kid?" I guess we'll have, an, have another set of prequels so we can follow him as a kid. And <clears throat> and that's the other thing. It's, it's, it's another thing here. What did we know? You know, I told you the four, the four basic things, but there was one other thing about Snoke that we knew that we didn't know about the Emperor. His name. Now, just going by the movies... We didn't know the name of the Emperor. He's only called the Emperor. That's all he's ever called. I didn't know he was Darth Sidious or Palpatine. I didn't know about that until after Return of the Jedi had come out. And I heard it from somebody that was a super fan of Star Wars then. Really? That's his name? Yeah, that's his name. How did you know? Well, I read this article or this, you know, some 
Star Wars Encyclopedia came on that says his name. But it's never said in the movies. You can go to IMDb and you can call up the the list the the, the, the list of the cast, and uh, Clive Ravel does the voice of the Emperor in uh, 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 in Empire Strikes Back, and um, Ian McDormand, uh, the guy that plays the Emperor in the prequels, he plays the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. But they're only listed as the Emperor. That's it. So, no backstory there. I don't remember anybody complaining about no backstory. And at least with Snoke, we know his name. All right, I'm going to do the three cool things. Hopefully, I got enough time to get this in. Uh, three cool things. The, number three, uh, the movie Jaws, which is cool. And I watched that's, that, that and The Great Escape have become traditional movie watching for me on the 4th of July. They both have a. Fourth of July aspect to them. Uh, Jaws is a little stronger in the Fourth of July aspect than than The Great Escape, but you know there's still something, and it's it's more recent tradition. But I just I don't know I just watch them, and and I saw something and I'll and I'll share it for you on the show notes page at uh, dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, you'll find it. There's a series of pictures. It's three pictures, four pictures from. Uh, a scene that didn't make it into the movie, and in, in Jaws, you know that there's a scene where there's a there's a kid that that goes out on a, on one of those little raft things, and he gets attacked and killed by the shark. Uh, his mother is an older older mom, and and she, you know they, she's her, he's her only child, and apparently she doesn't have a you know husband. She might be a widow. Who knows? I don't know what that. I don't know what her backstory was, but. There are some photos where they show the scenes a little differently. That they had shot where you do see the shark coming up out of the water and just about to chomp down on the, on the kid. And there's a couple reasons why they didn't include it in the final cut. Notoriously, that the the the, the mechanical sharks that they used for the movie didn't work. So Spielberg had to go with the less is more. Let's indicate that the shark's there, not show the shark until we absolutely need to. And that made it a better movie overall because we're more scared of it not seeing it. And so there was that aspect. But the other aspect was that scene happens really early in the movie and it would have been a reveal too early. So when we do finally get a good look at the shark, when there's uh, when uh, Brody is throwing the chum out into the water, you know, it, that would have lessened that moment. So it works out. So it's 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 fascinating, and then there's a, a video of um, of uh, the storyboards for the opening attack on on Christie, and uh, and how the opening credits were going to happen, and it's it's interesting. The opening credits, if they had done it the way that that uh, they had imagined them in the in the storyboards, would have been silly. But uh, it's interesting to see how they how they put that together. So I'll I'll put that up so that you can take a look at it. Oh and 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 by the way And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah. This ought to be good. What? A pedantic moment during another segment? Yeah, it's my show. I can do what I want. It has to do with Jaws. Okay. Now you know the movie, you've seen it. And uh, uh, Richard Dreyfus plays Matt Hooper. He's the young guy. He's 
he's he's an oceanographer or a marine biologist or whatever. He has all the modern equipment and uh, modern at that time uh, techniques of dealing with this shark. And and Quint, the captain of the of the boat, played by uh, Robert Shaw, he's old school. And at first, he doesn't want to deal with Hooper's stuff. But when he start, when Shaw starts to realize, or when Quint starts to realize that his methods aren't working, he asks Hooper about the stuff that he brought on. That Hooper said, you know, I've got, uh, I've got a essentially, I've got a poison that if if we inject it into the shark, it can kill it. So. Shaw, uh, uh, Quint comes out with the stuff and says, what can you do with this? And uh, Hooper takes out a, a needle. It's, it's a rather large syringe, but the needle isn't all that big. And a, and a bottle that has some chemical liquid poison in there. He says what it is, but I, don't, I can't remember. And he says, "We, you know, if I can get close enough to him, to the shark, I can inject this into him. And Quint is holding onto the syringe, and he kind of puts his thumb against the, the needle, and he says, you're going to get this little needle into that thing's skin? Well, I, I can't get in through the skin, but if I can get close enough, I can get it in, in his mouth, and maybe his, or possibly his eye. I think he does suggest the eye, but the mouth for sure. And that seems crazy. But here's the pedantic thing about it. Continue watching the movie. They decide to use Hooper's way of doing things. They get the cage together, they put in the water, he gets his scuba gear on, and then they show him preparing the, the poison. Well, he takes, I don't know what it's called, I'll call it a harpoon, with a, with a really big needle at the top. It's, like, it's, a, it's, it's a quarter inch in diameter, and it's about three or four inches long. And he takes, he takes the little syringe that, that Quint wasn't, you know, that he said, well, it's not going to get through the skin, i got to get him in the mouth. It, you know, it, it, that's what Hooper said to Quint. And he takes that and he, to, measure, to get the proper measurement of, of poison into the bigger thing, the bigger stick harpoon thing, which I got to think as soon as you punch it into the shark, it, it pushes the medicine or poison into the shark. Well, that needle that's on that thing can get through its skin. So what was that whole conversation about? I didn't get that. It's, I still watch it. I still like the movie. And there's plenty to get pedantic about in any movie. But man, I watched that and said, why did you, but you're not, but you're not using that needle to kill the shark. You're using that needle to put the poison into the harpoon thing that you're going to use to kill the shark. Okay, back to the three cool things. Number two, Tom Hanks cameos in Band of Brothers, the HBO series that came out some years ago. I really love that series, and I just found out that, well, Tom Hanks directs at least one of the episodes, and in the one that he directs, he has a cameo. He plays a British soldier. The episode is called Crossroads. He plays a British soldier that's in with a group of, of British soldiers, and they're they're giving their thanks to Easy Company that helped get them uh, back into the fight. And he just he's just standing in there, kind of moving around a little bit, reacting a little. But it's it's clearly him. And I'll try to find images so that you can see it. Uh, the other one is from an episode that's later in the series, the second to the last one. There's ten episodes in it. It's called Why We Fight, and there's a there's a new re uh, uh, replacement that's in there that is being introduced to the horrors of war. They're being transported. The Easy Company's being transported to some other town, and as they're driving along, this French, two French soldiers, uh, you know, they they push these three German soldiers out of a, a little shack or something, and they get them on their knees in front of them. And one of the two French soldiers is an officer, apparently, and he takes out a, a, a pistol and he executes the three, the three soldiers right there. The guy playing that officer is Tom Hanks. 
that's a pretty disturbing cameo. But that's him. So okay, that's cool. And number number two, uh, number one, number one cool thing. Uh, Brian Dunning, who does the podcast uh, Skeptoid, has also has a video series called In Fact. His uh, his most recent one uh, is about Building Seven from 9/11, and uh, you know, and his take uh, for this particular video is that. Uh, all the truthers say that looked like a looked like a controlled demolition. It's a controlled demolition. It's a, that's what that is. It's, except he says actually it really doesn't look like a controlled demolition, and it doesn't sound like one either. It's a really cool video. I'll link to all this stuff in the show notes. So yeah, so check it out. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Boy, you know, I hope you've had at least three cool things happen this week. It was the 4th of July, after all. Well, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Remember to be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Simmons. And I'm reminding you all, let's take it down a little bit. I'm reminding you all to sleep with the lights off. I get a little fast talking at the end of the show. Sorry about that. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.